Have you ever felt connected to a place? Well, it turns out that the places all around us hold more power than we think. I'm Julia Suka, your curious guide with a love for coffee, travel, and psychology. In each episode, I chat with experts and explore all sorts of places, from the ordinary to the downright bizarre. Together, we'll venture from the cozy corners of coffee shops that teach us the power of community to the peaks of the world's tallest mountains that dare us to live life on the edge. Join me as I uncover the stories and the science of how our inner and outer worlds connect. You're listening to The Power of Places. If you love to travel like I do, I have some exciting news to share with you. I teamed up with Expedia to bring you exclusive discounts and deals on accommodations, flights, and more. Last year, I traveled to Hawaii and stayed at the amazing Twin Fin Hotel, which has stunning views of Waikiki Beach and Diamond Head Volcano. I took a tour of a pineapple farm, tried delicious local food, and even went swimming with the sharks. And guess what? I booked everything through Expedia. With Expedia, it was super easy to find unique experiences, affordable flights, and beautiful hotels that made my trip to Hawaii truly unforgettable. By booking through my affiliate link, you not only support the Power of Places podcast, but you also get access to special offers and savings that you won't find anywhere else. So whether you're dreaming of a beachside retreat, a city adventure, or a cozy cabin in the mountains, Expedia has you covered. They offer a wide range of options to suit every budget and every travel style. To take advantage of these exclusive offers, simply click the link in the show notes. It will direct you to the Expedia website where you can browse and book your next travel experience. And remember, when you book through my affiliate link, you're not only getting great deals, but you're also supporting the production of this podcast. So whether you're planning your next romantic getaway, a family vacation, or a solo adventure, make sure to click our affiliate link in the show notes and start exploring the amazing travel options available through Expedia. Now, back to the show. Hey there, welcome to the very first episode of the Power of Places podcast. I'm Julia Suka, your friendly guide on this journey through all things places. As you'll see in episodes to come, we're going to explore all sorts of places, from the ordinary to the extraordinary. Now you might be asking yourself, why a podcast about places? Well, let me share a story about what got me here in the first place. When I was growing up, my grandmother's house was like my second home. It's where I'd let my creativity run wild, connect with my culture, and develop conversation skills over countless cups of coffee. But even though she passed away last year, going back to her house still feels really comforting. Every time I walk through her door, I feel like I'm traveling back in time. It reminds me of the quote that says, the right room can take you to places you've never been and make you feel things you've never felt. So here we are today, launching a podcast about the power of places and how they shape our lives in unexpected ways. But before we dive deeper into this episode, I want you to take a moment and think about a place that means a lot to you. Maybe it's your childhood home, your favorite travel destination, or even the place where you propose to your partner. This connection we have with certain places is what we call place attachment. And to kick things off, we're diving into a conversation with Dr. Robert Gifford, a leading expert in environmental psychology. Together, we'll explore what makes places so powerful and how they can enrich our lives in ways we've never imagined. Yes, I'm uh, 
what is called an environmental psychologist. Sometimes people ask me, what does that mean? It's not like the psychologists in the movies. And uh, an environmental psychology is somebody who studies the transactions between people and their physical settings. So, you know, how we affect the environment, but also how the environment affects us. And it's all about this transaction, whether it's in a house or uh, in a neighborhood or the planet as a whole. Dr. Gifford and his team studied the concept of place attachment and found that there's a number of benefits associated to being attached to a place. But as we'll discuss later in this episode, not all attachments are beneficial. When the places we love are threatened, the consequences can be quite severe. In, in simplest terms, place attachment is an emotional bond with a place. That's the very simple definition. But I should say that the place can be at different scales. It can be an attachment to one's own room or to one's house, one's neighborhood, one's city, one's country, or the planet. Uh, so place can has different levels if you want a geographic size to it. So, but, uh, you know, when you have an emotional attachment to a place, that's place attachment. Dr. Gifford witnessed how place attachment influenced his own life as well as his colleagues and saw the impact that this phenomenon can have on people's lives. I got attached (laughs) to the concept of place attachment, mainly through my wonderful former PhD student, Leila Scannell, who was herself extremely place attached to the point of not wanting to leave even to get a better job. Uh, She grew up in British Columbia in a rural area, and she's so attached to it that you could offer her a job at Harvard, Yale, or Stanford, and she probably wouldn't take it. And so she took this kind of personal, strong attachment and decided to study it on a kind of scientific basis. Throughout their research, Dr. Gifford and his team discovered 13 benefits associated with place attachment. I also shared my own attachment to my grandmother's house with him, and together we identified the benefits I tend to experience the most when visiting her home. One of the benefits uh, of uh, place attachment, and as you know, there Layla found about 13 of them, is memories. Here I'm talking mainly about positive memories that we have of a childhood home, an old school or uh, a place we visited every summer with our parents, uh, this kind of thing. But the second biggest one benefit is a sense of belonging. That is, you know, this puts me into a tribe, and I mean that in a in a very broad sense, uh, my tribe, and I belong to that tribe. For me, you know, having ancestors who lived in Boston, Fenway Park, even though I've only been there a couple of times to watch baseball games because I'm a West Coaster, Fenway Park, actually, I'm attached to it, even though I've been there for a total of like three hours, probably. <laughs> and then the third one that is important is uh, a lot of people mention that when they think of the place they're attached to, they get more relaxed. Uh, and that's not a very obvious one, I think, but people say, when I think of that place, I start to get relaxed. And then another one is, I usually have positive emotions when I think about it or when I'm there. And again, not always, but when it's a positive place attachment, I get happy when I think about being in my grandmother's house or in on Hornby Island for me or in Fenway Park. If I could go there right now, I'd be, I'd feel happy. Yeah, we've talked about memories, belonging, relaxation, and emotions. But some of the other ones are um, 
less important depends where you live uh if the place is a natu- a nature place then it's and it is for for it was for Layla especially in the beginning but you know if you're stuck in the middle of a big city this might not be very common and it was like this sixth or eighth one but a lot of people have a special place in nature a special tree or a special valley you know these benefits are not separate from each other you go there and you feel uh positive emotions you relax you have memories uh but it's in happens to be in nature some other ones are that people feel sometimes uh, a sense of personal growth when they're in the place where they are uh and perhaps if it's say a, a grandmother's house as one ages might begin to see how it was for her and then how it might be for me later so it's a kind of enriching personal growth sort of thing and then there's aesthetics uh you know we happen in victoria which is not the biggest city in the world to have the most wonderful concert hall built in the 19th century that would rival any opera hall in europe in my view it's full of gilt and old 19th century stuff i'm very attached to that it's the only place to go see opera <laughs> the other one that's uh can lead to place attachment is what Seth Alo calls cosmological reasons and what she means by that is uh religious uh background but not only so Mecca for Muslims and Jerusalem for Jewish people Rome maybe or some place in India perhaps uh, etc but not not only religious if you're a big sports fan uh then the stadium or the hockey hall of fame or for me it would be the baseball hall of fame or the for some people it might be the the rock and roll hall of fame you know so it doesn't have to be religious but it's a place that is very close to your personal identity but it's a physical place and you might not even have been there but you're attached to it but as i touched upon earlier place attachment doesn't always lead to positive experiences When our most cherished places are threatened or lost, the consequences can be severe, sometimes even fatal. Unfortunately, places disappear. The house that you know you grew up in is demolished. Uh, the school that you live in got remodeled so you don't recognize it anymore and but you were very attached to that middle school or that high school. or what's happening a lot as the world population moves past the 50% urbanized uh level when we you know only 10,000 years ago nobody lived in cities and we've been in the percentage of people in cities has been steadily increasing for 10,000 years so we're at half half now what it means on the other side is a lot of little towns and villages are disappearing and you can read stories about the last three people that live in some village somewhere trying to keep it going and uh so uh, or it gets destroyed uh in in a hurricane or a earthquake or something like that so place uh part of place attachment is place loss however it gets lost and so uh people of course grieve for a lost home there's a famous study of Boston when there was a slum clearance and new housing was provided and when everybody got back into the same physical blocks 
they were grieving for their lost home. That was the name of the article, because even though their housing was nicer, they'd lost all the kind of connections, like where is the hairdresser? Where is the pharmacy now? Where is the grocery store? It's all jumbled up now, and I don't like it anymore. So they were grieving for a lost home. There's a lot of research that says, you know, a town has a moderate earthquake, like six or seven and stuff happened. What would a rational person do? Move to a safer place. But there's a very strong tendency for people to move back to that town, however it's rebuilt. On the other hand, why I said it's not always true, New Orleans had Katrina destroy a lot of the town. And so what I just said is, oh, okay, everybody moves back. But I think the population of New Orleans has gone down a lot because a lot of people did say, I don't want to go through that again. So it's not always true, but there is a tendency to say, okay, it's been it's been ruined partly or largely, but I'm attached to it. So let's build it again, or let's go back there again. Lytton, as you might know, is a town in, in inside of BC that pretty much burned down from a wildfire. So they're trying to rebuild that. Why? Because everybody in that small town wants to have it back. But the downside, again, is you go back to the same place, and the earthquake happens again and actually kills you, you know, or Katrina, you you die in a, a new hurricane or something. So sticking to a place can have either occupational or even fatal consequences. As my conversation with Dr. Gifford came to an end, I threw in our bonus question, something I ask all our guests on the power of places. What is your favorite place to be? You know, I am attached to to several places. I'm spiritually attached to San Francisco. I'm a 60s kid who grew up in that era of that music and anti-war protests. So I would love to go there. I really like my house. I'm happy to be in my house. I love to go to Hornby Island when I can because I put so much effort and time and it's a beautiful natural place. As we wrap up our very first episode on the power of places, it's clear that our connection to our surroundings runs deep. From the comfort of childhood homes to the vibrant streets of our favorite cities, the places we connect with shape not only our memories, but also our very identities. While today's episode provided a brief introduction into the significance of places in our lives, our journey is far from over. In the upcoming episodes, I've had the pleasure of chatting with some really cool guests who've been to some of the most unique places. So don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Power of Places. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. And if you want to dive deeper and connect with listeners just like you, follow me on Instagram at The Power of Places. Until next time, keep exploring and I'll see you in our next adventure.